this, I surrendered to preach. I went home and, I, and, and God changed my life. I started walking with God. I started reading the Bible, praying. I started going soul winning. I started listening in church. I got rid of my rap music. I cut my hair. I stopped wearing necklaces until today. I took all the posters off my wall. I stopped wearing uh, the, uh, the, the clothes of that rapper's war, baggy pants, which would translate to skinny jeans today, <laughs> which somehow ain't a temptation to me. <laughs> but it was at a place like this. And God spoke to my heart. And young person, listen to me. I had no idea. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew God spoke to my heart and I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And youth pastor, here's what happened. I went home and I had a bus captain. Who just showed me the Bible. And God changed my life. But it started here. It started here. Thank you for bringing them. Thank you for bringing young people. I hope you enjoy the conference. But I want God to work in your heart. And we, we had to call a few audibles, all right, because we got horses and bulls and arrows and, I mean, man, ice. I mean, all kinds of dangerous stuff. It's the Wild West. I mean, you know, all kinds of stuff going on over there. So I'm going to get you there, but I want to give you this message. All right, 1 Samuel 28, are you there? All right, so let me just give you the background, okay? Samuel, you know, he comes in chapter 1 and he's born. It's miraculous. It, it, it's really awesome. And uh, because, you know, his parents struggled to have children and then they have him and he's a great prophet. One of the best. Uh, I love it. I'm stu studying the book of Samuel, Samuel right now. He leads Israel for the first eight chapters of, of the book. And then Saul's chosen as king because the people want a king like the world. And uh, and so they uh, they say, you know, hey, give us a king. So Saul's chosen in, in uh, chapters nine and ten. Saul is the king of Israel from chapters 11 to 15. Now in chapter 13, Saul intrudes into the office of the priesthood. He's a little impatient and he intrudes into the office of the priesthood. In chapter 15, he, Saul is incomplete in his obedience. Everybody still with me? Now, if you're here and you've never read the Bible and what I'm saying to you right now, you say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Anybody like that? Would you be honest and slip your hand up and say, I have no idea what you're talking about right now? I, 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 I have no idea. Anybody like that? Anybody at all? You'd be honest. Anybody? I see one. That would have been me. Because I never read the Bible until I was 17 years old when I got back from, this, from a meeting like this. I, was, I, I liked my wife. She was a a young lady um, and a teenager and uh, she was a preacher's daughter and uh, I would say when I started reading the Bible I would say hey you ever read about this guy man he carried them uh, he carried them gates and uh, man uh, his his uh, his wife went back and and uh, her dad gave him to another man and he lit them foxes on fire and sent them in there. she's like are you talking about Samson I was like yeah she's like yeah I read it I'm like, isn't that awesome? 
I was like, they never talk about that meaning in the Bible. She's like, yeah, I read it. <laughs> and so I was learning like that. So, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, but, but anyway, anyway, 15, incomplete obedience. He doesn't kill all the people. In 16, because of that, David's chosen as king. 17, David kills Goliath. 18 through 24 and 26 through 31, Saul is mad at David and it's David versus Saul. And at the same time, it's Israel versus the Philistines. In chapter 25, Samuel dies. So the preacher's gone. And Saul, in a backslidden and rejected by God's state, is without his spiritual leader. 1 Samuel 28, let's pick up reading in verse number 7. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said unto him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit, at Endor. Now notice, let me just say this by the way, these are great friends. Saul had kicked all the witches, that's a woman with a familiar spirit. That doesn't mean she's a good friend. She's a witch. Saul had kicked all the witches out of the city. Okay? He goes to his buddies and says, all right, guys, look, I know I got rid of all the witches, but y'all know where one's hiding? I need one. And his friends say, oh, we know right where one is. Those are some real spiritual friends. Let me just, by the way, those friends that you go to that feeds you the witches that you think are the really good friends, they're not. And the weird kids that you don't like to sit by, listen to me. Listen to me. They would be real good friends. If you would just humble your proud self and talk to them. Verse 8. Saul disguised himself. Saul put on other raiment. Later on in the verse it says he came to the woman by night. Let me just by the way again. And I got to hurry, okay? And, and I know that. But, but listen, he, he disguised himself. He put on other raiment. He came by night. Let me just say, if you got to sneak and you got to hide and you got to cover up and you got to deceive and you got to lie and you got to delete the message and you got to clear the history. Listen, friend, you don't need a, you don't need a thou shalt not. It's wrong. Verse 9. This is how I read the Bible. If you read the Bible like this, I'm telling you, 
It'll help you. Me and God have a real good time walking together. Verse 9. And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul had done, how he had cut off those that have familiar spirits. She don't know this is Saul. He's a real good deceiver. Let me just, by the way, you deceive enough, you become a real good deceiver. Young person, look at me real. Look, look up here re, and listen real good. If you deceive enough, you become real good at deceiving. And the people that love you the most, listen to me, oftentimes are the easiest for you to deceive. Because they believe in you. They believe in you. But the witch says, hey, uh, king, I mean, uh, hey, uh, man that's dressed up in the uh, big nose and the fuzzy mustache. Uh, I don't know who you are, but uh, the king got rid of all the witches. And I may or may not be a witch. She says, are you trying to get me in trouble? She said, are you laying a snare for my life to cause me to die? That's verse 9. She says, uh, uh, I, 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 there's a rule. There's no witches in, in the city. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Let me, just, let me just say this. The lost world knows that we're supposed to be different. The lady at Champs last night that was behind the desk is the same lady that's behind the desk every year. I talk to her every time. She always talks about our groups. They notice. The lost world knows you're supposed to be different. In your attitude. In your appearance. In your activity. It's the backslidden. It's the backslidden and rebellious Christians who are confused. The world knows. They know we're supposed to be different. All right, so let's read faster. Verses 10 through 14. Here we go. Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen unto thee for the same. He said, You're going to get in trouble. And so he says, Hey, you know, listen, call up Samuel. Verse 11, the woman said, Whom shall I bring to you? He said, Bring up Samuel. Verse 12, And the woman saw Samuel. She cried with a loud voice. She said, Ah! Oh, imposter! You're the king! Verse 13, And the king said to her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up. And he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived it was Samuel. Now the Bible doesn't say it was Samuel. And I don't really understand this passage of how it all works out. And was it or wasn't it? And I've read and some people think it was and some people think it wasn't. And I don't know if it was a zombie or a ghost. I don't know. Okay. But let's just read it. Let's read it as it's written. Because look at verse 15. So verse 14 says he perceived it, but watch verse 15. And who said? Now that's the word of God, right? 
And Samuel said to Saul, why hast thou disquieted? He said, why are you bothering me? What do you want? Look what it says. And Saul said, I am sore distressed for the Philistines make war against me. Watch this now. And God has departed from me and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, and that thou makest known unto me what I shall do. He said, God ain't talking to me, man. He's left me. Well, nothing to do with me. What's going on? I need you, Samuel. Verse 16. Then Samuel said, hang on. God's mad at you? God ain't talking to you? Look what he says. Wherefore then didst thou ask of me? Seeing the Lord has departed from thee and become thine enemy. Samuel said, wait a second. God, God ain't talking to you? And you think I'm going to talk to you? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> he said, I'm out. Look at verse 17. And the, Lord hath, and the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor in the David, because thou hast not obeyed the voice of the Lord, and hast fierce wrath of the Amalek. He goes about by way did. Watch verse 19. This is, this is key verse. Key verse. Key verse. Watch it now. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. And the Lord shall also deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, you're going to die. It's curtains for your friends. <laughs> he said 24 hours from now, one day from now, you're going to be where I am. Samuel, from this wicked witch's whereabouts, says to Saul, it's high noon at the witch's house. That's what I'm going to preach on. High noon at the witch's house. Now, if you've ever read 1 Samuel, chapter 29 is a parenthetical story about David. And Saul doesn't die to chapter 30, uh, 29 and 30. And chapter 31 is actually where Saul dies. Uh, go to 31 verses 1 through 4. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down, slain in the Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons, and the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and that fellow, uh, Saul's sons. And the battle went sore against Saul, and the archers hit him, and he was sore wounded to the archers. Now listen, as soon as he got shot with that bow and arrow, you know what I, you know what I bet he thought? What time is it? And it hit. What Samuel said. It's high noon. This time tomorrow. High noon at the witch's house. Samuel wasn't shooting the breeze. He meant business. You got one day. You got one more day. Now you know how Samuel, or you know how Saul spent that day? He spent it with the witch, with the war, and he spent it with a wrestling heart. 
because he still hated David. He never forgave David. He, he was fighting with the Philistines. And before he left, he sat down and ate with the witch. That's how he spent his last day. His last day. One day. One day. I want you to think about this. What if it was you? What if right now you heard that this time tomorrow, one day, one day, this is your last day. It's your last day. It's over tomorrow. Your life's over. Now we could reprocess like what we would do different years past. But I'm not asking that. That ain't the message. What would you do in the next 24 hours? How would you spend it? How would you spend that time? Let me tell you what happened. First of the year, I had a pain in my side. Not my wife. I mean, it's actually like a real pain in my side. <laughs> and, um, but uh, I thought it was my gallbladder. But then it began to shoot up. And it was like, it was like right here. And it was like a throbbing. It wasn't like a, you know, like a rib or whatever. And it was like shooting up through here. And when it, once it got like up here, it was like, uh-oh, that's kind of like important stuff. I need. Down here, it's like, oh, yeah, they can take all that out. <laughs> but once you get up here, it's like, I need this. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I, I laid down and I thought it would go away. It wouldn't go away. And, you know, it's COVID. So I, I don't like going to, into the doctor, period. Unless like, I mean, I mean, it's like I have to. I definitely like, don't like going to the emergency room. <laughs> And I sure don't want to go to the emergency room right now, like with all that COVID stuff and wear a mask all this time. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know if y'all been to the emergency room during this time, but anyway, um, so, but I went, okay? So I'm sitting there, you know, and there's this person and they're, you know, uh, coughing and, and snotting and sneezing and going on and... You know, and, and I'm, I've not had COVID. I don't know who's sick. Don't raise your hand. I mean, you know, we don't want to, you know, that, we don't want to have that kind of invitation. Um, <laughs> but I haven't had the, 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 the virus, so I was like, you know, yeah, hey, you know, I'm trying to do good. And so I'm sitting over here. And, and so, you know, that, and then, you know, this guy's got a broke arm or something, you know, and, you know, this guy, you know, and there's a lot of sick people. I don't know if you, I mean, there are sick people in the mercy room. And it's very slow because they got less people working. And they don't have any doctors or like, I mean, nurse people. They have EMTs. I don't know how it is where you are, but at our place, they have EMTs running the ER. And so they have EMTs and PAs, uh, physician's assistants, running the ER instead of doctors and nurses. I don't know where the doctors and nurses went, but that's who's in there. And so it's a little bit different, you know, different way of running things. And so uh, slower and a lot, lot more people in there. Anyway, so some people were sick. Some people were looking real bad, you know, and here I am. You know, I'm just like, I just got a pain. I think it's my gallbladder or something, but it's up here. And I just, and so I, it's my chest a little bit. And when you say chest, it's like, uh-oh. You're fat. <laughs> You're a 40-year-old white fat man. It's a heart attack. 
they take me to the back. And they start strapping all these, these, these things on me, you know. And I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't have, I don't think, no, no, no just, just calm down, you know. But before I go back, you know, I'm already checking it out. You know, you know what I'm, you know how I do it? You get your phone out and you get on Google, you know. So like, I, I didn't think it was a, a, my heart. I thought maybe I had cancer, you know. I knew it was either like heartburn or, you know, like, uh, you know, like fourth stage cancer. Somewhere in between those two. Y'all ever do that on Google? You know, those are like the choices. You know, it's either like, a, a, like some kind of foot disease or, you know, I mean, those are, it's one of those five things. And so um, I, uh, I was on Google and, and I go back there. And, uh, but while I, was in the, uh, while I was in a waiting room, a young woman comes in. She'd been in a car accident. She wasn't bleeding. She just seemed shook up. And now, of course, I'm a doctor because I was on Google. And so I was, I was kind of evaluating her, you know. And, and, um, but I go back there, and they give me that EKG, you know, CAT scan kind of thing, and, uh, and uh, do all that, that stuff and, and all that. And, um, and so I hear a, like a beep, and then all the people that was working on me run out of the room. I thought it was a bomb. I was like, wait a minute, take me with you. But it, it, was, in a, it was in another room. And so then the EMT workers, because I'm, I'm serious, the EMT people, like they were wearing their uniforms, they ri- normally ride the ambulance. They're working in the ER, like on people, on me. And so, you know, and so they come back in, and I was like, where'd y'all go? Was y'all taking a break? And uh, the guy comes in, and he goes, no, uh, uh, young lady uh, actually just uh, coded. And I was like, oh. And I knew what that meant. And I said, oh, okay. And I was like, uh, has she been you know, like in here or like for a while, you know? He said, no. He said, she actually, she, she'd only been in for just a little bit. She, she came in f- from a car accident. And I, in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, I just saw her, and she looked fine. So now they're running these tests, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, run it again. <laughs> no, 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 make sure, make sure. I want to know, because that lady was fine just a minute ago. But, you know, it was probably an internal inter- injury and, and, uh, or something like that. I sat there with all those plugs on my chest and they're running all this, this stuff and I'm thinking, you know, they're worried I'm ha- that I'm having some heart trouble and uh, if I wasn't stressed before, I'm really stressed now. <laughs> okay? And here's what I thought. What if that was me? What if today was high noon for me? What if it was my final day? How would I have spent that day? And it began to play, in my, play back in my head. So let me ask you, what if it was your final day today? What would you do? You don't have to answer out loud, but just think in your mind. I'm going to give you mine real quick. I got 10 minutes. You ready? 10 minutes, I'm going to give it to you real fast. Number one. If I only had one day, this is what I'd do. You ready? 
I'd go Scott. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> I've already done that. I've already done that. It's pretty cool. No, number one, I would, I would look at my faith. I would look at my faith. Now, listen, I want you to listen to me and I want you to listen to me really, really good. I would look at my faith. First John chapter five and verse 13 says, these things have I written on you that you may know that you have eternal life. OK, these things have written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Listen, it's not just faith. It's the object of your faith. Salvation is easy. You're a sinner. There's a penalty. Jesus paid the penalty. Except Jesus. We tell people that all the time. How many of y'all ever been soul winning? Okay. Yeah. We tell people that all the time. But now listen. I know you've heard this stuff before, but I want you to listen to me now as if this was your last day. If I was only had one more day, I would look at my faith. What is my faith really in? Is it in a, a work? I didn't grow up in church. I was a bus kid. So I heard the gospel and I trusted Christ, not the church. Not the church. Not the Christian school. Not the preacher. Not my parents. Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith in grace. Faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not my family name. It's not my set of do's and don'ts. Everybody still with me? 1 John 1.9 says he is a forgiver of our sins. 1 John 2.2 says he is the propitiation for our sins. He paid the price for our sins. 1 John 3.5 says he was manifested to take away our sins. 1 John 4.4 4 says he was sent to save us from our sins. 1 John 5.1 says whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now listen, I didn't ask you about your service. Listen to me now. I didn't ask you about your service. I didn't ask you about your soul winning or your separation or, or your surrender. I didn't ask you about your singing. I didn't ask you about your sermon that you can preach. If it was high noon at your house, how's your salvation? If you stood, now some of you I know because I got texts from your pastor or your youth pastor, you got it settled last night. You either got saved, some of you got saved last night, some of you got assurance last night. Praise God. But if you stood before God in 24 hours, why would He let you into heaven? When I ask that question, if the answer that pops into your head is anything else other than Jesus, you need to be born again. 
I'll give you the opportunity in just a minute. Number two, or come right now. You can or go to your youth pastor, go to your pastor right now. You ain't got to wait. Go right now. Number two, the second thing I would do is I'd love my family. Every day my son looks like he gets six feet taller. And we're having another one. God's so good. I love my wife. We've been, May will be 18 years that we've been married. But if it was high noon at my house, I would, I would love my family. I'd make sure they know I love them. I think they do. Not just my wife and my son, but my mom. She lives three hours away. I led her to Christ. Got to baptize her. My granny, who put me on the bus... Influenced my life. My stepmom, who I talked to this week, who, who loved my dad and helped my dad so much. My brothers, who are stepbrothers, but they're, they're my brothers. My sisters. By the way, love is time spent and hugs given and conversations had. If I knew I only had one day, one day, I'd call my brother that I'm mad at or disappointed in and I haven't called in a while. If I only had one day. If I only had one day left. If I knew tomorrow it was over for me, I'd give. I'd give to my family. I'd send my mom those flowers that I always forget to send on Valentine's Day. I'd get that wind chime for Granny that I'm always supposed to get when I go on vacation. I'd get that tool for my dad. Because tomorrow, it's too late. Because dead daddies don't use tools. If it was high noon at my house tomorrow, I'd forgive. I know we hurt and we suffer and we get angry and we get bitter and we hold grudges and we have hard feelings. But if we knew tomorrow... Is, is the end. I think maybe we'd go to that former friend that we have in the youth group that we don't like. And even since we've been here, we've kind of sort of shunned and we've told everybody else to shun and we've sort of made them the outcast. We'd go to them and we'd bury the hatchet. Maybe, maybe, maybe we would even go to the altar with them and we would pray with them and we would say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I, 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 I didn't mean it. And, and we, would, we would get things right before we left. Maybe if we left on bad terms with mom or dad, we'd give them a call. Maybe if we've been criticizing the preacher or the youth pastor since we've been here, we'd go to them and say, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I shouldn't have been doing that. Uh, please forgive me. I, I've had a bad attitude. I, I, I shouldn't have been acting that way. Because tomorrow it's over. <laughs> 
And we get that forgiveness. Or we give that forgiveness before it's too late. Number three, quickly, I'd lose the foolishness. 1 Corinthians 13 talks about when you become a man, you get rid of childish things. Hebrews 12 talks about getting rid of weights. I, I got to hasten here, but, but, but if I knew I only had one day, I'd get rid of some, some, some foolishness. I'd probably spend less time on Facebook that day. Less time on Instagram, less time on YouTube. Probably watch less Disney Plus that day. Probably not spend any time on TikTok. Oh, you know what? I wouldn't spend any time on TikTok anyway. You ain't going to find much good on TikTok. Preachers, you don't know what that is. You need to look it up. I probably spend less time on my Spotify and my Apple and my Amazon and my Pandora. I mean, if I only had one day, 1,440 minutes. Every song's five minutes or three minutes. It'd be important. I'd probably spend less time playing video games. Probably spend less time watching a movie, reading a novel. Playing pretend. Because that day's real. And it's over. Probably spend less time texting and calling and fooling around with a meaningless relationship that won't even be there in a year. Amen, Brother Davis. That's good right there. That'll keep me from getting my heart broke. Number four, if it was high noon at my house tomorrow, I would let folk, I think I would, I would want to let folks know. Here's the deal. You talk about a witnessing tool. Hey, listen, I'm out of here tomorrow. I'm going to heaven. You want to go with me? I mean, listen, that's just how it is. It's up to you. I mean, maybe that would work out. We, we know that's what we're supposed to do. Souls, Luke 19, 10, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. That's what we're supposed to do, be a soul winner. And Brother David, I'm just not called to preach. I didn't say nothing about preaching. Every single person in here, listen, the reason you're alive, the reason you're breathing. The reason he didn't take you to heaven when he saved you. Because he wants to use you to win somebody else. They say, yeah, but I think it's the will of God for me to be a... No, time out, you missed it. You completely missed it. God's will has nothing to do with a job. He wants you to win people to Christ. He'll provide you a way to take care of your family. You put Him first. Matthew 6... 33. He wants you to win souls. Philip found the Ethiopian eunuch. The good Samaritan found that dude on the Jericho Road. Peter and John, the lame man there, uh, hanging out wanting money. 
If I only had one day left, I, I think I'd call the people I know in my family that's lost. Y'all know anybody in your family that ain't, that ain't saved? How many of y'all know somebody in your family that ain't saved? Raise your hand. Listen, right now, the person that's coming to your mind, you ever witness to them? You ever take a track? I don't have any. I've changed shirts three times. You ever take a, tr you ever take a track and witness to them? If you haven't, listen, here's, here's what's happening. You're going to heaven. And if they're lost, they're going to hell. Now, if it was tomorrow, you're going without them. If that don't bother you, there's a problem. You say, I have, I've witnessed to them and, and they never get saved or they say no. Or Listen, I witnessed to my mom over and over and over and she would not, she, she was too good to get saved. And then she had a heart attack. I was driving her home after a heart attack. Pulled in the driveway, carried all her stuff in. I was helping her in the house. I said, Mom, listen, I need to talk to you about something. Took her back down the Romans Road. I said, Mom, listen, what if you'd have died in the hospital? I said, I've talked to you about this before. I said, but now seriously, if you'd have died, where would you have gone? She broke down. I led her to Christ. Because I witnessed to her. Who's lost in your family? On your street, in your school. What if it was the last day? What if tomorrow was it? What if when you get home tomorrow, okay, it's 12 o'clock, okay? It's 12 o'clock. What if, what if at 5 tomorrow? It's curtains. You going by yourself? You'd probably let them know, wouldn't you? I would hope. If you haven't, hopefully you will when you get home. Hopefully you make a decision today. You say, you know what, when I get home, I'm a witness to my family. Now you ain't got to build a pulpit and stand up and yell in their face. You love them like Jesus did. And you tell them that Jesus loves them and wants to save them. Give them the gospel. Last thing, number five. Five at one day. I would live it and give it to God. I was 17 years old. And I loved my life. I want you to know right now, guys, I wasn't the kid that had nothing else that he could do. I could have done anything I wanted. And God spoke to my heart. Said, I want you to preach. And I said, no, you ain't talking to me. <laughs> I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. I got better plans. Got better plans than that. And we argued back and forth. During the sermon. And then I said, you know what? Okay, 
I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I gave my life 21 years ago to the Lord. Best decision I ever made. I can't tell you how awesome it is. And I know you hear that all the time. But you got to trust somebody. Now you can trust the people that tell you how awesome it is and, that, and then they got to have alcohol and they got to have drugs and they get divorced and they go through all this stuff. Or you can trust the people that say, listen, uh, I mean, I, you know, we just, we just read the Bible and pray and shout and sing and, you know, have a great time. It's up to you who you want to believe. But if tomorrow was high noon, I think I'd just, I'd show up here at 745 for the Youth Pastors Fellowship. And I'd give and live that day for Him. You know, I read one time that if I give my every today to Him and surrender, then eventually I would have given Him my life. You don't have to complicate things. You know, His will is just really His wants. God's will is just his wants. So I just want God's will for my life. I'm looking for that mystical rainbow, you know, the one with the unicorn and the leprechaun. And, you know, I, I just, I, I'm searching for it, you know. No, no, listen, when you say God's will, you know what that is? It's what God wants. What does God want? Psalm 115.1 says this, Not unto us, listen to this verse, Psalm 115.1, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. What if tomorrow was high noon at your house? Probably turn off the TV. Probably wouldn't have clicked that link on your phone. Probably would have hugged your mom before you left home. Probably would... Look at your faith. Let me ask you something. Are you saved? If you were to die, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? What are you trusting to take you there? Probably love your family a little more. Your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your dad, your friends. Probably get rid of some foolishness. Stuff you don't need if you're honest. Childishness. Foolishness. Even sin. Probably want folks to know some people in your life that you know are lost that you need to tell about Jesus that you haven't. And probably would live for God. Let me ask you this question. You ever come to the altar and say this? God, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? You know, we hear preaching like, like, we, like, like we've heard them. They say, hey, listen, you have to give your life to God. You have to do it. And we say, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But, but, but listen, 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 listen. You go, well, I'm not called. Time out. You ever just come up and say, hey, God, do you want me to? Do you want me to? You ever just open your Bible and say, hey, God, hey, God, do you want me to? Uh, you ever walk in the kitchen and say, you want me to help with the dishes? What's mom say? Wow. 
Same reason you don't ask mom. Same reason you don't ask mom. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. What if it was high noon at your house? Now, I want you to listen to me real good. Real good. I'm finished. I'm finished, but I want you to listen. I got bad news. I got bad news. That day, Saul heard. You got 24 hours. You got one day. Here's the problem. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For a man knoweth not what a day may bring forth. Young person, I wish I could tell you when you leave this auditorium, you're going to drive over to that eye center and you're going to be there. But let me tell you what my Bible says. The Bible says life's like a vapor. In fact, it doesn't even say like a vapor. It's even as a vapor. It's not an example. It is exactly a vapor. That fast. Hebrews 9.27 said, It is appointed a man once to die. And after this, the judgment. Saul was promised another day. Prophetically. You're not. You're not. And if you're willing, if you were promised a day and you would be willing to make that decision during that extra day, how much more so with the unknown of our death or Jesus' coming, should we be willing to settle our faith in Jesus Christ? To love and forgive our family. To get rid of foolishness in our life that hinders our walk with God. To tell folks we know about Jesus Christ and to live our lives surrendered to the will of God.